All right. What's up, y'all? Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, this is a breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Not just me on this podcast, fortunately, for all y'all listening out there. We've got uh, from the Blount County Satellite Office of Go Vols 24-7 down in Blount County. We've got the one, the only, Grant Ramey. And uh, Grant, buddy, uh, why are we bringing these people a, uh, a breaking news podcast? We're bringing it because of the ever-changing world of the transfer market. Tennessee had a spot. Tennessee basketball had a spot open uh, for a few days on its 2021 basketball roster, and they seem to have filled it uh, with a commitment from EJ Anasicki, the the 6'6", 245-pound junior power forward out of Sacred Heart. Uh, Obviously, that name sounds familiar to Tennessee basketball fans. His older sister, Nikki, won a couple national championships. With the Lady Vols, he averaged, you know, 15 and, what was it, 15 and 7 and uh, I think 11, six point, uh, 11.6 rebounds last year at Sacred Heart. So uh, a, a big body that they, they needed in the post, and, and they didn't take long to find one. Uh, and he should help them quite a bit next year. Yeah, for those who need the details on this, Grant mentioned most of them. It's EJ Anasicki, uh, six foot six. Uh, some some places list him at six foot seven. Some list him at six foot six. So you know that means he's probably six foot four. Uh, but just kidding, sort of. Uh, anyways, this is an undersized uh, combo slash power forward. Um, undersized in terms of height, not in terms of length or uh, like weight. This kid weighs two hundred and forty five pounds. He's big, big physical kid. Uh, Average 15.7 points, 11.6 rebounds, and 1.7 assists per game while shooting 49% from the field last season. Uh, And for those of you who don't know much about Sacred Heart basketball, uh, you're not wrong. Uh, A lot of people, most people don't, actually. That's a school in Connecticut. Uh, It used to be Division II. It was a Division II power, actually, until it moved to Division I right around the turn of the century. Uh, And until this season, it had never won 20 games uh, in its Division I history. This was the first year that it had ever won 20 games in its Division I history, and EJ Anosicki was a huge part of the reason for that. He was one of the best players, if not the best player, in the Northeastern Conference. He led, led Sacred Heart to a 20-13 and 13 season, 12-6 in conference play, uh, lost in the semifinals of that conference tournament to, Saint, to a good St. Francis, uh, Pennsylvania team. Uh, but this kid it, it provides a lot of the things that, that Rick Barnes and his staff want. He's a fit in terms of sort of athletically, uh, size-wise, skill-wise, what they need. Uh, but Grant, what, what really interested me was I, I uh, watched a story uh, that a TV crew up there did on him, and some of the, the coaches uh, or some of the quotes from uh, his head coach up there really, really got my attention. Have you seen any of those? Uh, I, I read your story this morning, but go on. Yeah, he basically said that uh, – and this guy has been a college coach um, since the, you know before the turn of the century – He's been at 15 years now. He's been at Sacred Heart, uh, I believe, eight as an assistant and now seven as the head coach. And he said that uh, in in terms of overall, like when you put everything together, that this kid um, was the best combination of sort of uh, like talent, effort, determination um, that he had ever been around. And, And I'll pull up the full quote here so you can... So you can hear it, at least me, uh, my stirring rendition of it. Uh, EJ is not a big talker, but he's a doer. It's just painfully obvious that he's so committed in every way, on and off the court, taking care of his body, 
putting extra time in. And the same goes with his academics. He's a student athlete that tries hard. He's a good student because he puts a lot of effort into being a good student, just like he's a really good basketball player. He's probably the best combination of talent, work ethic, and character that I've ever coached. That's big praise, uh, number one. And number two, it sounds like it fits the mold of the kind of guys that Rick Barnes uh, recruits, not only trying to find elite talents, but trying to find talents that fit his character, his his program, uh, that, you know, that are going to match the investment that he puts into the program. Uh, and, I mean, if you go by the, the numbers for this kid, I mean, the first thing people are going to say is why they need another 6'6 guy. They have a roster full of 6'6 guys. Well, you don't have a guy that weighs 246 pounds, and you don't have a guy that's averaging anywhere close to double digits in rebounds. I think John Fulkerson led them uh, this past season, I think 6.1 per game or 5.9, something around there. You need that guy uh, that not only knows how to rebound but does it consistently and can put up those kinds of numbers. And, And you can say it's Sacred Heart. Uh, and that's obviously a step down from uh, you know a power five program like a, a Tennessee in the SEC, uh, but still you need somebody even against that competition. He performed really well against power fives when Sacred Heart played them. Uh, you need somebody that knows how to rebound the way this guy knows how to rebound, uh, and you need somebody. Uh, and if he if he's described by his coach like that, it's a no brainer. You want to add this kid to your team because you have an opening on your roster. He's looking to transfer as a grad transfer, eligible immediately. Uh, if you can swoop in and get him and help John Fulkerson, help Eve Pons in the post next season, uh, it's a huge get. Yeah, and, and for those who, who are, are concerned about his size, I'll say a couple things. One, in this sort of positionless era of basketball in some ways, if you're 245 pounds and you can rebound, you're a good big man in this age. You, you can do that at that size or six 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 seven, whatever he is, and you can still do that at an elite level uh, in the SEC. I don't think that is an issue. Uh, plus, I don't think that Tennessee's expecting him to come in and be some 16 points per game scorer. I mean, I look at his scoring figures as, hey, those are great. He can step out and shoot the three occasionally. There's some nice things there. But I'll tell you what translates. 11.5 rebounds per game translates. I don't care what level uh, of basketball you're playing. If you're at the D1 level and you can do that, you can go do that at a pretty good level uh, at just about any conference. You're going to be facing some some bigger, stronger guys uh, consistently in, in the SEC. Uh, but you know what? You're also going to have more physically big guys around you too. Uh, if this guy does nothing more than provide good quality like depth to that rotation – um, because we all know what Tennessee's bringing in in the backcourt. You know, you're talking about what nine guys for six rotation spots, and that's going to be a brutal thing to figure out. But they needed another big man. Uh, Corey Walker looks like he's a plug and play guy. That's great, but you still don't know exactly what you're getting from those three sophomores. Uh, say what you will about Corey Walker; he is a freshman. You know what you're getting from Fulkerson. You mostly know what you're getting from Pond. But Tennessee's trying to to get back into the big boy land Tennessee's trying to get back to the big boy table and if they want to eat there they got to have another rebounder they got to have a guy who's big physical and gives them options because I'll tell you you don't want to play Fulkerson 35 36 minutes every night Uh, there's going to be times where guys get banged up you're going to need you're going to need more bodies if you want to make a run like they want to make to me this just when I look at like you know, his size and he's from Sacred Heart. First thing I was thinking was, hmm, why wouldn't they wait and see who else might be out there? 
the more I've read about this kid and the more I've watched him, uh, you watch some of his highlights, this kid gets up. This kid can, can get up in a hurry and finish above the rim. He's got some athleticism and strength. And when you hear about, you know, just how hard he works and how good of a student he is, I just – this seems like a Barnes kind of guy to me. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the first thing that kind of stood out in my head was, you know, the, the, the comments about the height and stuff. I mean, everybody said when, when they signed Grant Williams, how's this guy going to operate in the post in the SEC at only 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, whatever. Uh, I mean, the same thing with P.J. Tucker. He was an undersized forward that, that Barnes turned into a really good basketball player. Something about undersized forwards, it, it seems to work for Rick. Uh, when you kind of look at this roster next season and kind of where he fits in, it, it seems like he's a really nice in-between with Fulkerson and Eve as your kind of starters down low. And then you don't really know what you're going to get out of Olivier Camel every night uh, off the bench. You don't know yet what you're going to get out of Urosh Plopsic off the bench. Uh, this guy can go in between those two groups and be a really nice depth piece. I mean, he he averaged 4.2 offensive rebounds per game uh, last season. He averaged 3.3 offensive rebounds per game uh, as a sophomore uh, when he is only averaging 8.1 uh, rebounds a game. So nearly you know, almost half of his rebounds tonight as a sophomore on the offensive glass that's really really important if he can if he can be a, a depth option in the post somebody that can go in and bang around and, and you're right when Folky, when he broke down this season when he made mistakes it was because he was tired uh, and he was tired not because he wasn't in shape he wasn't you know conditioned the way he needed to be he, you just can't ask him to play 36 37 minutes a night uh, and play mistake free basketball so this should be a guy that that helps them tremendously off the glass uh, makes their their bench that much deeper. It was all, it was already it felt like a, a pretty deep bench in terms of experience uh, and guys that had to grow up pretty quickly this season. But still, you don't know what you're getting from Urosh. You don't know what you're getting from Olivier. When you look at this guy's numbers, it looks like you know what you're going to get from him. Somebody that knows how to score. Somebody knows how to use their body to create space. Somebody that's athletic enough to go up and consistently get rebounds. So uh, if he can do that for them, uh, it's a, it's a really good find uh, and it's a good job by them acting quickly. Uh, because the likes of, you know, Gonzaga, uh, he, he released his, you know, top seven uh, a few days ago. There are some really, you know, big name programs in there and, and Tennessee fought for him and, and got him. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, I'm normally a person who who puts a pretty decent stock in, in bloodlines. Uh, you know, it, it's not the end all be all. And I'll give you two two words why it's not Frank Stallone. But in general, I, I do believe that that if you come from a family and and the family kind of traditionally has this one thing that it does and they do it really well, I think you're probably taking a pretty safe bet when you when you get someone uh, from that bunch. And I remember Nikki Anasicki as a player. Uh, she worked extremely hard. She she was extremely tough, did not put up with, with nonsense. Uh, his brother, his older brother, O.D. Anasicki, uh, at Siena, led the nation twice in rebounding. Uh, these kids, they're a large family. Uh, they are, I believe they're seven siblings, uh, and their parents are both Nigerian immigrants uh, settled in the New York City area, just over there across the border of New Jersey. And the mom would work like three jobs at a time as a kid or when they were kids, you know, to kind of give them a chance to do some things in life. And these are very, very grateful kids. They're very hardworking kids. And they have stuck to athletics as a means to pursue their, you know, academic, um, you know, I guess as a as a means to, um, their academic ends, and, and they they work very hard. They're appreciative of the opportunities they get. Uh, I, I think this kid's going to fit in very very well with the culture at Tennessee, and, and unless 
some of this stuff the coaches have said about him is not true, which I don't know why that would be the case. Um, he just seems like he fits into what they want because if you go into that Tennessee program and you want it to all be about you, uh, guess what? You're not going to fit in with that program. Uh, they have that enom. It's not about me. I N A M. That's what they believe, and I don't think think this kid's going to rock that boat at all. No, I think I don't think they'd go down the path if they had any reservations um, about what this kid would bring to the table or you know bring to the locker room. Uh, if it, if it wouldn't fit, I don't I don't think there would be any chance they would they go after him because uh, I mean at this point the table's already pretty much made. You know what you're you're bringing in talent wise. You know what you're returning. Uh, talent-wise, only losing Bowden, Jordan Bowden and only losing Lamonte Turner uh, and bringing in some pretty elite talents like Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer, uh, and so many uh, of the rotation guys coming back and, and so many uh, points, rebounds, steals, assists that were accounted for last season are back on roster a year older, a year better. Uh, the table is pretty much made. Now this kid just has to sit down and uh, eat and enjoy it and, and be part of a, what should be a, you know, seems like a consensus at this point, top 15 team heading into the preseason that if they add in a sickie, it's, it's just that much better. Yeah, and I guess last thing, Grant, for, for those worrying that this might be some kind of a shotgun wedding of sorts, I don't believe that's the case. Um, you know, the Jalen Johnson situation did just go down. Um, but coaches uh, tend to be well aware of guys who might end up on the transfer market. Uh, these guys watch film on everybody all the time. I don't think they're just suddenly becoming aware of this guy's existence. Is that is that probably fair to say? No. Yeah, I, I agree. There, I mean, there aren't secrets. There's not a lot of secrets in college basketball, college athletics in general. Uh, yeah, you're right. That you generally know who's going to be out the door, who's going to be transferring, who's going to be on the market. Uh, the whole Jalen Johnson situation, these two things aren't connected at all. That At least that's what was stressed to me. Uh, there were conversations between Jalen Johnson and the staff, like Rick Barnes, said in the statement he put out uh, when Jalen entered the portal that, you know, it was best for both sides. Uh, and they, you know, they thanked him for the, the work. He put. This is not something where they run off one kid to plug in another kid. It's just simply a situation where they knew ahead of time, they were probably going to have a, a roster spot open uh, and they kept their eyes open for that spot. And they, they found something they liked and they went after it. Yeah. I, th- I think we're both pretty clear on this grant. Rick Barnes gives you every bit of the commitment you give to him in the program. He'll match your investment, I guess is the way we've put it before. And, and Jalen Johnson, uh, it, it didn't go the way anybody wanted it to, but he gave effort consistently, gave really good effort. And so I, I don't think this was a deal where he got run off at all. I just, I, I, I can't prove that, but, but I, I really, really, really don't think that's the case. No, I don't either. Every, everything I've heard is that was kind of the that was the way that uh, his career was kind of trending towards that direction based on you know what he had done the last you know few years. It never really clicked on the court. The, the minutes weren't there. The opportunity uh, hadn't been there. And, and like we talked about in the pod earlier, uh, when he did enter the portal, he's going to get a better opportunity somewhere else, a, a bigger opportunity somewhere to, to show off his skill set. You don't want to be buried. Uh, trying to scrap for minutes on a on a roster that's you know got so many guards and uh, wings that's you know joining the program already on roster uh, trying to scrap for minutes with them go find somewhere else where you can get a bigger piece of the pie and show off your skill set for the next level and uh, Tennessee wished him well on that and and they just so happen to have a spot to fill uh, and they didn't hesitate too long on on who to fill it and and how to fill it I think that's a pretty good place to leave it Grant you got anything else I got nothing. 
Well, then uh, I'll just, uh, uh, I guess I'll shoo you on out of here and I'll, uh, I'll wrap up this podcast. Thanks, bud. Thank you, buddy. Guys, thanks for tuning in as always. We appreciate it. You can find all of us on social media. Uh, I'll just do it quickly this way. Since it's a breaking news pod, you can go to twitter.com slash govals247, facebook.com slash govals247, or you can go to govals247.com. And, and if you sign up, Right now, uh, and you pay us the full price, you get free access to CBS All Access for all the streaming that you could possibly want while you're sitting at home dealing with uh, all these things that we're dealing with now. And I apologize one last time. My voice is still bad, uh, worse than usual. Just been a, been a rough few weeks for it. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll get my wind back at some point. But, uh, guys, thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back with a full episode um, not too long after this. See y'all. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.